Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Angry Fans Sports Edition. I'm your host, Afro, and with me, I got Johnny X Boston and the family, Lord Fish. Thank you for coming back. How you guys doing tonight? Doing good, good. Blast, bro. That good. I'm happy to hear that. All right, guys, so a lot's happened in the last week since our last episode, so we're going to jump right into it. First things first. The Houston Texans are looking at trading for another quarterback. They're looking at getting Jared Stidham. I'm going to go over to Lord Fish on this one. What do you guys say about this, man? So, I mean, I think it'd be a good pickup, you know. So, they have Tyrod Taylor, great quarterback. He was great when he played for the Bills. But everywhere he goes, when he went to the Browns, when he went to the Chargers, all, all that happens to this dude is he gets hurt. Every time he, he shines, he gets hurt. And then he's I'm hearing a season. lot of hate right now from you, man. See, I like him. You know, like when he played for the Bills, he was a pro bowler. He brought him to their first um, playoff berth in like 17 years. Like great quarterback. It's just every year, like when he went to the Browns, they drafted Baker Mayfield. When he went to the Chargers, they drafted Justin Herbert. And then the own trainer from the Chargers punctured his lung. So dude's never had a sh- never had a chance. Yeah, he needs a horseshoe. Situation. Very shitty situation. Like, oh, I'm my bad, man. My bad. Uh, but mm-hmm. the can play now. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> Yeah, Absolutely. And his whole injury prone thing, like I looked it up, saw some sports doctors because he's been injured so many times. He's got a 59% chance of getting injured in 2021. So right now I see Tyrod being the starter down there. The other quarterbacks they have are trash. I mean, you got Jeff Driscoll who he had a decent season in 2018 for the Bengals. When I mean decent, it's mediocre compared to the rest of his stats. But, um, they got the third round pick, Davis Mills and everything like that, but they're basically looking for a backup for uh, Tyrod Taylor. So bring in Jared Stidham, get the Patriots uh, third round pick. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, the fact that uh, Nick Casero, the new GM over in Houston, you know, the, they already have four QBs, but this guy, he, he loves Jared Stidham so much that he's willing to bring in a fifth quarterback. So it's already came out and we, we just learned that Deshaun Watson's cases, won't, he won't have to go on trial until February, 2022. And that's, I believe February 20th or February 21st, 2022. So he'll be able to play. And if his team goes to the Super Bowl, he can play in the Super Bowl. So the question now is, do you trade away Deshaun Watson knowing he wants nothing to do with your team and they're already showing interest in another QB or is he still their starter? Not trade him, bro. Cause like, I, I think like the damage is already done. But the fact of the matter, all, he said purpose, like, I do not want to be here. It's like, come on now, you can't force the situation. If you do do that, like, it shows you're going to be just, like, a shitty owner. Because, like, nah, it's, if it's not working now, it's not working now. The dude, like, been going to war for you guys for how long now? It's like, yeah. And plus, I'm pretty sure they just want, like, the whole backlash. So if they can get something in return of value, yeah. Stidham, he can beat out Jeff um, Driscoll. He can beat out that rookie. He can, to Rod Taylor, it sucks because, like, he's a running quarterback. He's a physical type of quarterback. He's not like other quarterbacks that you sit in the pocket, you know what I mean? He's scrambling a lot. So the 59 chance, I get that because guess what? He's running, like, the percentage of him running compared to, like, let's say, like, Tom Brady, just staying in the pocket, you know what I mean? Those type of, like, pocket passes, he's not that pocket passer. So I expect him to get roughed up. And I think that's why he's trying to, like, you know, Hopefully he can stay in the pocket this time. But like honestly, Stidham, um, he can beat out Taylor, maybe. Yeah, I feel like you know, like this will be like a like a rebirth for him because he's not a bad quarterback. Um, Brissett wasn't a bad quarterback. 
Um, Garoppolo, you know what I mean? He wasn't a bad quarterback. We had good quarterbacks. The thing is, we don't draft shitty quarterbacks. I think if he goes over there, he can have a rebirth. And we can get something in return. Bro, he'll come over here and he'll shit, bro. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Be honest, though. If, if like, but the thing is, he can excel in our type of system because he's smart. Bro, we never had a quarterback that can run. In, like, we had, of course, Cam Newton, but to, to run and pass, he got a cannon. You remember he was on my Madden team? Come on now. <laughs> but I'm, the real I'm, question I'm, is going back to the whole, you know, if you could trade Deshaun, do it. But who would be willing to make that trade knowing the lawsuits that's coming back in 2022? Like, you would have them basically for one year. Is it worth giving anything up for a one-year player? And especially that the fact that he's going to have to – we're already in OTAs. He would have to come in, learn a new playbook, learn a new system. I don't think it would be worth trading for. So if they don't trade him, do you see him being the starter? Because there's no way Tyrod's going to start over Deshaun Watson. So the biggest thing out of all these quarterbacks are it's their first year in the system. Correct. So they're all coming in new and everything. Exactly. That That's um, what I'm saying. I love Tyrod, yeah. but I don't think he's going to start over Deshaun if Deshaun's ready to go. Even though he said he doesn't want to play for the Texans, he wants out. With everything going on, he doesn't really have a choice. In the Texans, we already know they want to keep him. So at, at this point in time, like if if Deshaun plays, do you see him starting or sitting out the entire season? That's real. That's the real question. If he plays, does he play for the Texans or does he sit out? I, I'd say sit out. Just get out of there. Like, what are the Texans going to do, right? So, you have these 22 civil suits. Say he gets cleared. Are you going to, like, have a bodyguard for all this dude? Like, you going to have security? Is he going to have to check in? Are they going to be, like, certain stipulations he has to fall? But, I don't know. Yeah, I know the fans are wilding right now. We'll get to that later on. You know, shit's, shit's crazy in the NBA. I can only imagine the NFL. The NFL got some, some of the craziest fans I've ever seen. But <laughs> we'll get to that later. So, um... John, what do you think, man? You think um, Deshaun will sit out this year? No, nah, I think there's some owners that would be able they, – they're willing to take a chance. Like, okay. their moral compass is already probably, like, janky. Like, you know what I mean? And they'll be like, you know what? We need we need players. We need that player. You know what I mean? I feel like they'll – I don't know. Like, I, I really can't tell. Like, is, is he really blackballed? Do we know? We have no idea. Because, you know, the owners, they have their, you know, coalition or whatever. With the co- whole – we're not going to sign Colin or whatever – are they going to do that to Watson? I don't know, because the Watson situation is the worst we've ever seen. So I know we bring him up every show, but it just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> I can't wait to see what's going to happen, though. But um, I, I can't really tell, to be honest. All right. I, so if I, the, I think someone will roll the dice. Like, if honestly. the Patriots do trade Stidham, uh, Lord Fish, you already said earlier, you think they'll trade him for a third-round pick? Yeah, you got to get the kid for at least a third-round pick. Because – so Hoyer was absolutely ineffective last year. I remember when he came in week four against the Chiefs, he was terrible. And then they brought in Stidham and he, like, finished out the game. But, yeah, you got to go third-round pick. Because say say Mac Jones doesn't pan out. Like, he's doing great right now. But, like, say Cam gets hurt and Mac Jones can't, can't do what he did in college on the field, you're going to have to keep Stidham there. Because Hoyer's absolutely awful right now. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't trade Stidham just because Mac Jones, I want to see him hold the clipboard, lured behind Stidham and Cam, go through all the motions. You know, I, I think Jones will beat out Stidham uh, on the depth chart. Um, I think Hoyer is only there, like we brought up on the last episode. I think he's only there just to help out and teach the young guys. Work with Stidham one more year, work with Jones, you know, get him going. 
Um, but besides that, I don't think I don't think Hoyer will be on the team. But if we end up do trading Stidham, I'm not mad about having Brian Hoyer third on the depth chart. You know, still to work with Matt Jones. I, a lot of people has never liked him. You know, it's pretty funny. But, you know, all, we, we drafted rookie quarterbacks that beat him out. So yeah. he was just kind of that guy who was just like, yeah, you'll be our third string. Like, we need a third or fourth string, so you'll be that guy. Like, every single – like, all the quarterbacks we draft – quarterbacks we draft in the last, like, what, few years beat this dude out. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't, I don't like to I mean, that. Hoyer is up there in age, man. I think people forget how long he's really yeah. been on the team or been with the team. It's he, He's an old guy now. He reminds me of that dude. Remember when I, it was, like, Drew Bledsoe, Scott Zolak, and uh, Matt Damon? I think it was a Matt, something, something like that. It was that that whack ass third string, like kind of like a Scott Zolak. That dude was never. <laughs> I remember Zolak. I don't remember the third string quarterback from that. I think his name was like Matt Damon. Tom Tuba is probably like a better quarterback than fucking Brian Hoyer. What do you got, Roman? Tom Roman Davy. He's talking about Roman Davy. Oh, Rohan Davy? Come on, Rohan, Rohan Davy. Yeah. Yeah, Rohan He said Davey. Matt Damon. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There was, no, there was um, this white dude number 19. I forgot his name. Um, I think his number was 19. But either or, the dude was never going to go in. Like, he's not that good of a quarterback. He's just, like, I think he has a lot of wisdom. He just can't perform on the knowledge that he has. I hear you. But all right, guys, um, let's move on to the next one. Speaking of trades, Julio Jones. Whether this was fixed, whether it was a setup, we don't know what happened. But uh, a few days ago, he went on air unknowingly with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. Shannon Sharp called him to ask him a question uh, if he was going to be playing for Atlanta next year. Um, The reason for the call is he got seen over the weekend wearing a Dallas Cowboys hoodie, which I don't know. I mean, even if you are in the NFC you don't wear a Cowboys gear regardless whether you're a fan or a player. I don't even think Zeke or Dak should wear Dallas Cowboys shit. <laughs> you know, I just think the Cowboys are that trash. But anyway, uh, Shannon called him and asked him what he's doing. And Julio is quoted saying, oh, I'm out of there. You know, and then he's he says he wants to go play for a team that wins. You know, they threw a little joke in there. Well, you don't want to go play for the Cowboys. And he laughs and says, oh, I know. So now it just looks terrible. Um, there's been reports that the, the Falcons are looking for at least a first-round pick. They started opening up those talks there in the draft. Apparently now they have one team that's willing to give up a first round. Uh, what do you guys think happens here? Supposedly the Falcons only want a second-round pick for him. Uh, Michael Hawley from NBC Sports Boston came out and said that Julio Jones wants to play with Cam Newton. And then Chris Sims came out, who's also at NBA, NBC Sports, and uh, he said Julio only wants to play with two teams the Titans and the Patriots. And right now looking over last year, Titans did better. They went 11 and five, you know, the Patriots went seven and nine, but it was Cam's first year. Patriots have gotten 10 times better than they were last year. If I was Julio, I would want to come to New England. I would want to come to New England too. And not just because I'm a Patriots fan, but just because of the upside, no disrespect to the Titans because I think they're a good team. And I love that boy, A.J. Brown. And then Derrick Henry is one of my favorite running backs. Those are two of the best players in the league, in my opinion, at their respective positions. Um, but did you guys actually see that? Um, Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown both went on social media and released videos saying why he should come to the Titans. Which Yeah, I they recruit awesome. him hard. Recruit <laughs> him hard. Uh, Johnny Brown, X, man, you got any thoughts on this? Trent Brown, like, he also was um, trying to recruit him over to the past as well. The thing is, like, can Cam get the ball to them? 
So like, and I, I've said it before in past episodes, you know, Cam, you know, he overthrows, but I can't think of a better wide receiver target for his overthrows. He can throw it wherever he wants in the vicinity of that man. He's going to go up and catch the ball. The real question is, can he stay healthy? You know, Julio hit me up dirty the last couple of years with injuries. Um, I, I just need him. If he stays healthy, whatever team he goes to, he's going to be a huge help, whether it's the Titans or the Pats. I think they're going to have a chance to go into the Super Bowl. Both those teams are AFC powerhouse teams. Uh, I don't think that's a secret. I mean, obviously you have the Chiefs, uh, but the Chiefs defense can't handle all those weapons. I, I don't see that. I'm not a big fan. I just like honestly, I remember a lot of underthrows with Cam. I need to go back in the highlights to see the the overthrows because I think like he really can like deliver. I think Ryan Tannehill. Don't get me wrong, I'm a Pats fan, but Ryan Tannehill and them, bro. I like both teams either or. Wherever Julio goes, he's always been like a favorite. You know, yeah. I'm not a Philadelphia fan. Of course, you want him to come to the Pats. But I just think, like, yeah, he definitely needs to get out of Atlanta either way. Big fans. So, so what teams do you guys see making a trade for Julio, though? Because there are already reports that there's a – there's they have a first-round offer. So, I've seen the Colts, uh, the 49ers, and a couple other teams and everything. But um, I don't know how much how much uh, voice does Julio have in this trade. Because I don't think he, especially after what just happened live on TV. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's in a position – right now Adam, where he could say where he wants to go you know there, there's been situations where players have voiced like like James Harden in the NBA for example where he wanted out of Houston he was their franchise guy he said oh I want to go play for Brooklyn they didn't have to trade him to Brooklyn but they did it because mm-hmm. they wanted to help him out because he did so much for that city Julio you know like I said unknowingly just basically just shit on them on live live television so I, I don't think he, they owe him any favors man especially since they haven't won pretty much any playoff team. games. He was that team at a point. Ryan, like, there's no Matt Ryan will probably him. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean, like, he was that team. Like, if they don't, eh. But, like, I, he was, like, their star player, let's be honest. No, he was, 100%. I did, recently see, I did recently see that uh, the Falcons came out and said the Titans are a long shot, even though it's one of Julio's top two. They're probably not offering enough chips. That's the thing. They're not offering. Mm-hmm. Like, they're well, there's right. a lot of reports of you know the Patriots camp speaking with the Falcons, so I could see that actually happening. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. since they don't, you know, the Falcons are never going to see the Patriots uh, unless it's like a one-off regular season game, or you know they get back to the Super Bowl, which we all know the Falcons ain't going back to the Super Bowl anytime soon. Not happening. Not even close. But all right, guys, that's enough NFL talk with Julio. Uh, let's go on to the next subject. Um, this one, it kind of hurts me a little bit, man, because, you know, I had the Warriors, you know, beating the Grizzlies to go on into the playoffs. But, you know, they got upset. My man, Steph Curry's going home. He had a chance to win the game. He passed it up to Draymond Green, and Draymond Green just bricked a fucking layup. I, I don't even know how he did it. They ended up losing in overtime. It was a great game, and Curry, Curry played great. But his team just wasn't cutting it. But they asked him – but what he feels about next year. And he sent a message to the league saying that next year, nobody wants to see them on the court. What are you guys thinking about this? Johnny X, I'll start with you, man. He knows dude's about to go off. He's, <laughs> he's going to take all this pain and failure and just put it in the tank and just like go beast mode in the off season. Well, I mean, already- a lot of people don't remember, you know, Clay Thompson was out, but also they lost the their rookie, their top rookie, uh, Wiseman. And now both of those guys are going to be back and healthy, ready to go next year. So he almost brought him into the playoffs, like carrying him on his own back. 
Um, they had Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, they have Kelly Oubre, but it really comes down to like what the whole team can do as a whole. We never saw the Warriors healthy and their bench. They just got so much experience this year. Um, so like, what do you what do you really think is going to happen with the Warriors next year? Do you think Curry's a man of his word? Do you think people have to actually watch out for them on the schedule? Like, I like the Warriors. I like Curry. Like, honestly, it was it didn't do him justice. If he can have a healthy team back and like a supporting cast, and of course, you know, of course, they're going to add people in the offseason. So, you know, what time it is. I'm not rooting for him because not my team. Like, it's kind of it's weird. Yeah, I know you're not was, a Warriors fan. <laughs> like, I respect that. I respect his game. I respect um, Steve Curry because, of course, like he's one of my favorite from the Bulls, him, Q Co, and all them dudes. But, like, yeah, man, hopefully he does. But either or, you know, Grizzly, go Grizzlies. Like, I told you when we was on the last podcast, like, you know, I've never been a Warriors fan, but the Grizzlies, though, come on now. Yeah, they're hungry right now. They're hungry right now. Right now the series is tied over there. You know, they got lucky in the first game because Donovan Mitchell was sat out. And we'll talk about that more later on. But um, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of that series play out. Uh, Lord Fish, what do you got on this topic, man? So the biggest thing with Clay is he's going to be on the wrong side of 30. I think he's going to be 31, 32, and he hasn't played since the 2019 NBA Finals. You know, he tore his ACL in that in the finals, and then he was playing a pickup game in L.A. and ended up hurting his Achilles again. Um, I'll be interested to see what he does, if he's going to come back. Not a lot of people come back with, you know, bad ACLs and do well, especially on the wrong side of 30. Have you seen um, Well, Besides Kevin Durant and like, <laughs> I forget who the other dude is, but besides Kevin, Dur- oh, John Wall, besides Kevin Durant and John Wall, like not a lot of dudes come back and, you know, do better than they did before. And then Wiseman, he's been out since April 10th. He's got the size. He's got the tools. He's a big guy. seven one, um, average 11 points this year, only played 39 games. But if they're healthy and they sign Kelly Oubre, you never know. They might be able to make a, make a run at it, make a chance. So let me ask you this. Do you think the Warriors, as they are now, are done for, or should they blow this team up and make some trades, get Curry the help he needs? Because we all know Curry is an MVP caliber player, and he has more rings left in him. But the real question is, can he do it with this team, or does he need more help? If, if Clay comes back healthy, I think he'll be able to do it with this team. But if Clay's hurt and, you know, can't do what he used to do, what he did two years ago, then, yeah, it's over with. Yeah, I'm interested, have to get somebody I'm interested else. to see what happens, man. I love Clay Thompson. Now, I hear what you say about, like, you know, Clay coming back from injury and not that many people can be better than what they were before. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. I know you're not much of a basketball fan. Clay Thompson dropped 37 points in three quarters with 11 dribbles. He caught it. He dribbled it. He shot it. So he doesn't need to do much work on the offensive side. It really just comes down to if he can be that two-way player that everybody knows and loves. A lot of people forget after Kawhi Leonard. Clay Thompson is probably the best two-way player in the league offensively and defensively. Um, at one point, people could argue better, but, you know, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard got the two-time defensive player of the year, and he has the rings to prove it uh, all on his own. Um, Clay Thompson don't got that. So if Clay can come back healthy, I really think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Stephen A. and many other great commentators come out and say that they have a chance to go right back to the finals, especially with LeBron being as old as he is now and being on his last leg. He's one injury away from being out the league. So I think the Warriors can reclaim their title as the king of the West. Uh, I'm very excited to see what happens. Uh, Johnny X, you got any more to add on that? No, you guys hit it on, like, right on the nail. So, like, I like I like um, Clay's, like, type of um, play for the most part. If he can, de- like, his size, if you can add defense on there, come on now. Like, 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a problem, man. He's an all-around problem, and I think he's very underrated. Um, a lot of people don't give him the credit he deserves. He gets left off of a lot of lists, and I feel it, it's very disrespectful because we all know he Curry wouldn't have won his ring without him. We we all know that. Before KD got there, you needed Clay to be there. But all right, that's enough about the Warriors. Let's go into the first round of the playoffs. Um, we've got some unexpected wins, some upsets. Um, things have been very entertaining. Uh, my favorite part of the first round so far, you know, we'll talk about that in a moment, but I love seeing the Suns beat the Lakers in game one. I, I thought that was amazing. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, of course, in Chris Paul fashion, this man got hurt and he is might be questionable the rest of the playoffs. His shoulder, He has a shoulder injury. Um, but every time he has a good playoff team and everybody thinks they have a chance to go somewhere, this man gets hurt. Is it time for Chris Paul to just hang it up? Like, what wh- what's going on? Should he just be a head coach? Uh, Lord Fish, what do you got for me? What are you thinking about this? I mean, he's still putting up the stats. So as long as he can play the game and continue to move forward, then, yeah, he should stay in the league. I mean, he's older. He's up there. He's been in the league since the early 2000s, you know. He's been with a bunch of different teams. But I'd love to see him still still compete. It's the same shit every year, though, man. He hasn't had one healthy playoff series, not one. And it's just like, I don't know how teams can, like, look at this man. I mean, he, to me, he's a glorified regular season point guard. And he's arguably the greatest point guard of all time. The only thing holding him back is he doesn't have the accolades to show it. He has the stats, but he doesn't have the hardware. Um, and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking because we all know he deserves it. Um, but at least Allen Iverson has an MVP. Steve Nash is a back-to-back MVP, you know? Um, it, it's just kind of it's kind of upsetting to see this. Uh, I do think he'll have more success as a coach later on in life if he chooses to do that. But I, I don't know, man. I was just happy to see him beat LeBron James. And then I don't know if you guys saw that flop when uh, Chris oh, Paul course. ran into LeBron James and LeBron James flopped like crazy and then, you know, you got Montrez Harrell running over trying to fight people and people getting ejected. What are you thinking about that, man? I think it's absurd. I think <laughs> so. Everybody else on this podcast is a bigger basketball fan than I am, without a doubt. But my thing is, like, the NBA, dudes trying to go fouls, dudes staying on the ground, acting like they're hurt. Like, that whole video, everybody sees LeBron. Like, the difference was when everybody saw Kevin Durant drive to the hoop and he fell, he took, like, an awkward fall and stuff. LeBron wasn't even touched. And then he was on the ground forever. Didn't even get up to help his teammates. Nothing like that. And then he was still hurt. Even after they started pushing and shoving, he walked off the other way limping. It's crazy. Like, So I'm going to read a stat real quick. So I'm sure everyone saw this. Kevin Pollard from the Mets took a 94-mile-an-hour fastball to the face. He needs nasal, nasal reconstructive surgery. And uh, he's only on the ground for 36 seconds. Right? Joe Burrow. Tours ACL and MCL and suffered other knee damage. He was on the ground 78 seconds. LeBron James, biggest stat, after getting poked on the eye, wasn't even bad because when Jason Tatum got poked in the eye, you could see, like, the damage and stuff. You could see it was a little blown up. He was on the ground for 80 seconds. (laughs) Basketball is just, like, it drives me nuts because, like, when you look at basketball back in the day, and dudes just throw hands on the court. Or you look at the um, in the palace when Ron Artest goes up in the stands fighting fans and stuff like that. Like, basketball nowadays, and what does it do for the youth? Like, you got all these dudes. You got LeBron, like, 
flopping all the time. And so many kids look up to this dude. Like, what does that do for the future generations of basketball? I can only see the game getting softer. And that's one of the reasons why I don't watch it as much as everybody else. I mean, I don't blame you, man. You made a fair point. I will say probably soccer is the worst at flopping. Um, but down. that LeBron James stat right there, I didn't know that. And that that's fucking pure gold. I call him King Flop. I call him Jabron Lames or Queen James. You're just proving my point, man. Uh, I think he's bad for the sport, especially the face of the NBA. Uh, that's why I call Steph Curry the king and Steph Curry the face of the NBA. Um, but, yeah, man, that's fucking beautiful. I love that. John, you have anything hey, to add on that? <laughs> yeah, for that dude's size, you know what I mean, to be a man child, coming to the NBA being a man child, you know what I mean, and to act like that, I'm like, bro. It seems like he started doing that in the, like, more, like, like the later years, because I think he wasn't doing that when he was younger. When he was on the Cavs, you're absolutely right. When he when he was a young guy, he didn't do that, but he wasn't getting a lot of calls, and he complained about it all the time. And people would be like, "Well, look at you, look how big you are." So now, and uh, you could actually see it as the years progress how worse it's got. In order for him to get calls, he has to be a, a drama queen or a fucking diva, um, Princess James. I know he hates doing that, but in order for him to get calls, he has to do it. And I'm not I mean, defending him, but that that's just the reason. That's why he started doing it. Dude deserves an Oscar for how he acted. <laughs> it was crazy. It was just, it, it was, it, it got worse and worse. The injury got worse and worse as time went on. I'm not going to lie. I, I want a t-shirt of the quote I brought up last episode. It was like, I couldn't see it. I saw three rims, so I just shot at the middle one. Like, I want that on a t-shirt, dude. I think that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> No, to double back on the Chris Paul, like, you know, he's the only one from the 2005 draft class that's still playing, right? Andrew Bogut. I think he's retired, right? Is he still playing? Andrew Bogut's gone now. Yeah. Charlie Villanova. Shani Fry. Raymond Felton. I'm saying these names. I'm like, yo, bro, damn, nostalgia. Like, it's like Andrew Bynum. Danny Granger. Gerald Green. And Gerald Green's still playing, right? Yeah, he's still playing. But, like, barely. Nate Robinson, gone. All these dudes, like, yo, bro, I think it's after the season, like, it might be time. Sean May, bro, you remember Sean May? Yeah. Carolina. Like, all these dudes, like, yo, all retired. They're gone. It's time, bro. Hang it up. Got yeah, that. I mean, yeah. once LeBron retires, you know, we're, we just saw Vince Carter retire last year. So, you know, it's getting to that point, you know, where we grew up watching all these guys and now we're watch, growing up. Now we're watching all these other guys. And uh, it, it's just crazy to see the transition. Um, that's one of the reasons why I'm saying like Chris Paul, he needs to get some hardware before it's all said and done. Um, whether it's an MVP, six man of the year, most improved player, he has to get something like, I, I don't, I don't know, but in my opinion, I don't care about your stats. I don't think, and I'm not saying that he's not a hall of fame player. I just feel like you should have something to get into the hall of fame. I, I don't think Chris Paul is a hall of fame player. Bro, he has accolades. Don't do him like that, bro. He had Rookie of the Year. You know, I mean, he did some things. Like That's I can't, really, I can't really like Chris like, Webber. Chris Webber the year too. <laughs> now he's getting the Hall of Fame. That's all it is. Like at one point, you were the greatest. You know, what I mean, that's why I think that acknowledgement. You know, what I mean, at a certain point, like yeah, you get. But, but once up. again, he he misses every playoffs. He's never been past the second round. You know, it's just like, and no disrespect because he's one of the best to ever do it. But once again, I think you have to have some kind of showing in the postseason to make it into the Hall of Fame. Chris Webber won playoff games. Chris Paul hasn't. 
Yeah, in the day, right? That that that's just my that's just my take on it, and I don't think Chris Webber is a Hall of Famer. That that's all I'm saying. But all right, uh, we're gonna keep talking about the NBA playoffs. More more fun in in, uh, in round one. So let's let's go over to your Grizzlies here because I know you're a Grizzlies fan. Um, once again, Donovan Mitchell didn't play in game one. The Utah Jazz chose to sit him. Do you think that was a mistake, or because seeing them come back and win game two, everything is a okay in Utah? What are your thoughts on that? Honestly, I saw him walk in. The dude was strutting. The dude was chilling, bro. Yeah. So I gave him a cortisone shot, whatever type of shot. He, you know, I mean, the Kurt Schilling, you know. But, like, dude looked like he didn't look like he was in pain. Um, I guess it doesn't really matter because they came back and won game two. But they did lose game one. So. so, I know you're rooting for the Grizzlies. Do you think them sitting Donovan Mitchell for game one and losing that game, do you think that's going to cost them in the long run? Do you think the Grizzlies still have a chance to win this series? Or do you think the Utah Jazz has this locked up? I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough as shit, and I, I know it's not gonna be easy. That's one thing. Come on now, like Grizzlies are underdog in this. Utah's, I agree. Yeah, Utah's a great team. They're a great team, and I feel like even, well, yeah, no, even I would say even without Donovan, but like, yeah, nah, they they're they're solid, bro, all around. Their defense, they know how to score, they know how to move, they're not they're, you know not selfish. So, I think there's a possibility. It's one of those things that like, I can't say definite. I, you know, I'm rooting for the Grizzlies either way. But, like, yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I'm happy for John Morant to get this experience, especially getting matched up against a point guard like Mike Connolly. Um, it's kind of funny. It's bittersweet for Mike Connolly, you know, being with Memphis for so long to get traded. And now all of a sudden he's playing against his old team and has a chance to beat them in the playoffs. So I do like that little underdog story right there with Mike Connolly. Um, yeah. And once again, the experience for John Morant. But uh, I do think the Grizzlies still have a chance. But with the, the spider back on the court, I think the Utah Jazz win that series. All right, we're going to go on to the next topic. Uh, Trey Young goes into Madison Square Garden and shushes the entire city by hitting a buzzer-beating layup to win game one. But game two does not go as planned. Derrick Rose, Julius Randle, those guys came back and they put in work. The crowd in Madison Square Garden was going fucking insane. With the fuck you, Trey Young, chance going. You're balding, Trey Young, chance going. They spit on this man in game two. A little got on 50 cents girl sitting in the front row. It was it was just disrespectful as all hell. Uh, Bobby, what are your thoughts on what's going on in the NBA right now, especially down in New York? They banned, by the way, they banned the fan for life uh, from Madison Square Garden. So, I mean, fans are back. You know, everybody's back from COVID. No one's been to, you know, games. It hasn't been full capacity like this. I think there's like, what are they doing? 15,000 fans in, in the New York Knicks um, arena and everything. But, like, it's just crazy. Like, we saw Russell Wilson, I mean, Russell Westbrook get a um, popcorn poured on him. How yeah, these fans yeah, are acting is just crazy. Like, like, I wanted to see – I thought we were going to see, like, uh, the Malice and the Palace, the Palace and Malice, whatever the fuck that was called. Yeah. I thought I was going to see Russell Westbrook get kicked out of the NBA altogether. I thought he was going to kill somebody. <laughs> it's nuts. And, like, he so – ready. Russell Westbrook touched on this and he's like, I don't get why fans are doing this because like, if they saw me in the street, you know, they're not going to say this about my wife, my kids, my family, you know, they're not going to pour popcorn on my head. So like, I, I, and I've personally seen it like years ago, I was at a Bruins game. It's like 10, 12 years ago and they're playing the senators and uh, there were these fans and they, they were getting ushered up. They were Ottawa Senator fans. They were getting ushered up, you know, and, um, these drunk older dudes in front of me, one was wearing a Timmy Thomas jersey, and he's like, 
you suck like the whole time and the ushers like tell him to shut up and the usher turned his back and the dude threw a full beer <laughs> and it drenched 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 the fans that were there the senator fans and the usher like some people just don't know how to act and like it's crazy they need to like start protecting the players more and everything so i just want to make a comment real quick the name of our podcast and our show is angry fans so i love all of the bad energy out there i think it's fucking amusing it's entertainment at its finest but i do believe there are lines you should not cross um racist remarks um spitting first of all you don't spit on a grown person you don't spit on anybody i I get yelled at by my own girl when i spit on the ground (laughs) you know you're supposed to spin the sink she says but whatever that you know that's that's besides the point the thing what i'm saying is uh, I think there's a line you don't cross. And I am that guy in the garden when I'm watching the Celtics play or at Fenway when I'm watching the Yankees play. You know, I'm talking so much shit, but I never call anybody out their name. Um, I think saying, you know, and say in his comments, you know, you could say, oh, you suck. You could say, oh, can't shoot. But don't bring the family into it. D- don't do any of that disrespectful shit. But I don't know why some people feel like they need to. And I saw on Highly Questionable earlier today, I saw uh, an announcer, I forget her name. She came out and said, I think it was Katie Nolan. She came out and said, you know, fans believe that um, they have to show that they're tougher or um, that they're more important than the player on the court themselves. But we all know that's not true. Um, Johnny, what do you think about it, man? So I'm smiling and laughing because did we forget David, um, Delonte West and LeBron James? As Boston Celtics fans, we wore shirts talking about smashing his mom. Yeah, but that wasn't us saying that was between them. I get it. The thing is, no, no, I get it. But either or, like, you know, I mean, we're we're bringing in, like, you know, your moms and this and that. You know, dudes, let's be honest. Let's be honest, right? Any one of us, black, white, Spanish, Asian, Chinese, it don't matter what you are. Talk about someone's mom and see if you don't get stuff in the face, bro. Some people don't play that shit, bro. I agree with you. About the fans, bro. I hate these pussy ass fans, right? You do all this wild, crazy shit and you expect the ushers and security to stop. Bro, when you get rocked, bro, don't start talking that bullshit and then you try to <laughs> Don't do that shit. Cause yeah, Bobby knows, cause it's not just like that 12 years ago. Bro, there's times when the Bruins fans, Bruins on hockey players were going in stands and rocking dudes left and right. The whole team, the whole team, bro. But the thing is those dudes, I don't know if they got sued back then, but yo, don't act like a tough guy. And then when you get rocked, oh my god, Nick, you hit me, bro! You still you spilled mad beer on me. You talked about my family. What's that do from the Rockets? It was way back when um Steve um Stephen Smith was down over there with the whole um I think uh the dream. This dude was talking about his um unborn child, stillborn child. Oh, I I forget the dude's name, but I remember he was at the end of the bench and the fans started talking shit to him. Which, by the way, Yo, uh, they never got that resolved. Nobody knows what happened yeah, with that yeah. case. But anyway, somebody said that he said racist remarks and was making fun of his stillborn child that died. And he went in and just straight up punched the fan in the face. But like, but like <laughs> what do you expect, bro? Like, come on now. You don't know what this person's going through. You don't know what anybody's going through. So that's one of those things you just don't do, bro. No matter what nationality, creed, religion, whatever you believe, God, universe, it don't matter, bro. Like, that's like a whole type of negative, like, bro, you're just going to get rocked. And you know, in Boston, bro, we just throw hands. Like, you want to shoot the fans, bro? We just can take this aside because I'm not even going to take that shit. Yeah, you yeah. know how it is, bro. No matter if you in Southie, don't matter if you in Brockton, don't matter if you in fucking Land the City of Sin. Okay, you're going to get it. Like, point blank. 
so my favorite thing from because we're talking about fans getting involved and everything so in the mouse in the palace there was a fan that was talking shit to ron artest and he actually came face to face with him granted ron artest did punch him but at least he had the balls to go up to him and shit like you know what i mean if you're gonna do something crazy at least do it in the person yeah, yeah. Man it was up. crazy he got rocked so that's why Are that's why i love up? that padres clip from the fight that Absolutely. happened last week. Like, that's one of my favorite clips because not only did he just approach him by himself, he didn't bring people with him. He talked shit walking over, and as soon as the guy got in front of him, he just he just rocked him. Like, that, that was amazing to me. And uh, I, I'm just excited to see what Russell Westbrook does next because this isn't the first time fans have talked shit to Russell Westbrook, let alone get under his skin. And anytime this dude gets angry, we brought it up before on this show, Russell Westbrook's not the dude that you want to get pissed off. So I think those fans fucked up. I would not be surprised if somehow they came back and now they tied the series. Um, so I, I'm very excited to see what happens in the NBA right now. Um, one, one more thing. Go ahead. I'll, ne- I'll never forget it. I just want to touch on this too. My favorite probably fan-player interaction, Marcus Peters when he was on the Chiefs. Some dude was like talking shit. And he literally walked up to the stands and was like, where are you from? Where are you from? Yeah, that's what I thought. Two didn't say anything. <laughs> but I love, you know, I love that. Like, at least give the dude a chance. No, oh, big facts. Honestly, it's like, the thing is, the fans don't think the players are going to retaliate. You know what I mean? And when the players are like, nah, bro, you're not going to disrespect me like that. Now, now everything's real. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, all right, bro, these dudes are benching all day. Like, they're doing, like, leg presses all day. Come on now. Like, you think he was going to really last against these dudes with the wingspan they got? Yeah. This neck, bro. It's a wrap. All right, guys. Right now we have um, the 76ers leading the Wizards 2-0 in the series. The Knicks and the Hawks are split. Uh, the Grizzlies and the Jazz are split. Let's see. Um, right now the, the Bucks are beating the Heat. 2-0 in the series, and they're also winning in the game. Right now it's halftime. It's 49-36. Suns-Lakers are split. Trailblazers-Nuggets are split. My Celtics are down 2-0 against the Brooklyn Nets. That's fucking killing me, but, you know, I'm happy to see him competing. Um, and then we have the biggest surprise of the playoffs right now, I think, uh, and we talked about him before on the show, and he's proven me wrong. Um, I'm just getting shut down this year in the NBA playoff prediction, so everything's not looking good right now. But Luka Doncic. Up 2-0 against the L.A. Clippers. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Tyron Lue, these guys have no answers for him. Um, Lord Fish, you got anything to add about Luka? Yeah, he's he's been absolutely lights out, you know. He had uh, that triple-double in the first game. That that's, inc- that's incredible, especially going up against guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I, I think that's incredible. Uh, Johnny X, you got any thoughts on that, man? Dude's a problem, bro. There's nothing really much you can say. Dude's mad young. He has so much potential. You can stay healthy and not get injured. I know Bobby want to say that if he can stay healthy, not get injured for like all of his career, if he could be one of those players, he's shattering records. Shattering. The thing is that Mark needs to get him players. Cuban needs to get him some players, like some supporting cast, because he can't do it by himself. But the dude's put in work. The dude put yeah, in work. he is. It's incredible to watch, and I'm happy to win this. You got something to add, Lord? So I have one thing I want to touch on about the NBA playoffs. So Carmelo, when he returned to Denver, he was getting booed by all the fans. How do y'all feel about that? You know, this man brought them to the playoffs from 04 to 2010. He gave them eight seasons. 
and he comes back and he gets booed. So it's not the first time we've seen it. When he went to New York and they ended up playing, he got booed. Um, they had a bad falling out. It's no secret, um, you know, with him and his old coach, George Carl, um, and then Allen Iverson going there, and then, you know, J.R. Smith being there, and the team just not working out. Like, you know, it's it's a very shitty situation, but, like, I, I don't blame the Denver Nuggets fan because, you know, they feel like they let him down or he let them down. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's Denver. I, like, they should be happy. They have a whole better team now. They struggled for a few years after they, they left. Um, but besides that, I mean, I remember they were, like, number one in the regular season at one point. Um, and they had no all-star. So, and people were saying, like, how crazy that was. Um, but things worked out for them in the long run. Um, you know, they got Jokic now. I'm pretty sure if Melo never left, they never would have ended up with Jokic. It's kind of sad, man, honestly, when you think about it. Like, you put in so much time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears, and then you go back to a city you did, you gave it your all for. Like, and that's what I was, I was about to, like, yeah, it's like, you put, like, one, you know, you get drafted by them. You don't choose where you get drafted by, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah. But then you give it your all. Yeah, you kind of, you humble yourself. And you're trying to, like, put the mask on and be prepared to be happy. Dude wasn't happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got AI at the end of his career. Like, come on now. Like, yeah, he did his work somewhat. I think it's kind of like disrespect because, like, yeah. At the end of the day, like, you know, he gave, he gave y'all a lot because y'all couldn't have nothing at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, before before Melo went to Denver, can you guys tell me a, a star player from the Denver Nuggets? Um, <laughs> Bobby, was it Bobby Jackson, the point guard, or was it in Cavs? <laughs> yeah, but either way, yeah, you really can't say star player. It's not star player. He's like some type of. That's what I'm saying, man. To me, the Nuggets have always been trash. When they got Melo, I'm not gonna lie, I had that light blue, that jersey. I, I love that shit. That shit was fresh. Um, but Mello with the Braids, man. Anytime I think of Denver, I think of Mello with the Braids. That's how I look at it. But all right, guys, we're going to move on to the next topic. Um, the NBA got some big news. I was pretty excited when I saw this. Um, they're finally expanding. You know, they've been talking about going to international for a long time, but now they're doing NBA Africa, where they partnered with some old NBA players. You know, we got, um, let's see, Matumbo, Luau Deng, Grant Hill, Joakim Noah, and some others. I thought this was awesome, you know, especially with the BAL, the Basketball African League. I, I, I've been watching because J. Cole went over there. J. Cole's career is already over. I don't know if you guys have saw that. That ended pretty quickly. Uh, but uh, I do think it, good things are to come from this. I, I think it, it would be pretty cool to see NBA players playing in Africa or seeing African teams coming here to play. I think that will be awesome. Um, Lord Fish, you got anything to add on that? Just looking over the whole thing, right? So the NBA envisions that basketball will be bigger than soccer in Africa within 10 years. You know, there's 55 players in the current NBA rosters that were born in Africa. And the value of NBA Africa is estimated to barely to be $1 billion. But, so much I mean, money. This so way, much money. This is huge because of the fallout that the NBA had with China. So for them to get a, get a win over in Africa – it's huge. Absolutely. But like, as we see, like a lot of kids are now going overseas to play. They're not going straight to college or they're doing the G league. Like Jalen green, he was the number one prospect in the 2020 class signed a $500,000 plus contract with a one-year development program 
outside of the minor leagues traditional team structure. But like, there's so many leagues in the world. It'll be interesting to see players go over there, but you can make some really good money overseas. And plus, like, you have the Euro League, the Euro Cup, you have Spain's League, Turkey's League, Russia's League. So it'll be interesting to see how everything expands and grows. Well, my, now I have a question for you now because it's the NBA partnering with the Basketball Africa League. Do you see players like you just brought up players going to the G League and skipping college? Do you now see players following in footsteps of like like you said earlier, Jay Cole going over to the Basketball Africa League? Do you see players now choosing to go over to the Africa League? You know, following their roots. I think the coolest part is because it's no secret that most most basketball players are black. So, and most players want to travel, you know, in other leagues before, I think it's very popular for most players to go play in China or go play in Spain. But now they have the opportunity to follow somebody like J. Cole and go to Africa and join that league. Do you see players turning down college and the G League to go play in this professional league? See, the, whole, mean, G, the whole G League thing, it's interesting because, like, the NBA coaches are here, uh, the competition's here, you're still in the United States, and you get decent money. It'll depend on the money. It'll depend if they have who they have for coaches and teams, who goes there, you know, who's going to be the engine and start off the whole domino effect to go over to and play for NBA Africa. So we'll see. But right now, like the G League's looking like the best. But there's also many other leagues in the world that are top leagues. Yeah, I mean, look at look at where Lamelo got his start. You know, he went to go play in Lithuania. Yeah, and that's that's the craziest thing. That's not even a, it's not even a top five league when it comes to competition. That, but he still paid. did great, still got paid. And he ended up being a top three pick in the NBA draft. So yep. whether you go to the G League and now Africa, I think those are going to be your top two places. Um, obviously, you know, me being a college basketball fan, I think that would be the correct route to go. But if you have the opportunity to go straight to the league, like Jalen Green or other players in the past, like LeBron James, Kwame Brown, you know, I, I'm all for it, man. Respect to it. Johnny X, you got something to add on this? Um, I think it's about to be a success, bro. You have to think Embiid. There's like a whole bunch of – all through the years, we've drafted players from like Africa. Look at um, Taco Fall. You think like if they had a chance to stay around their family, you think they would come over here, bro? Let's be honest, bro. Let's be honest. It didn't matter yeah, no, where no, no. Bello yeah. went. He could have went to freaking China. His brand itself, his dad – built that brand he could have went to the shittiest team in europe and he still would have got drafted as a third player because of the brand so as a player i feel like now players are understanding the value of the, not that even the value the power that they have you know what i mean because like you guys are getting money off of right north carolina bc whatever syracuse whatever school you guys are selling their merchandise you guys are broadcasting blah 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 you guys are getting money because people want to see us don't give a fuck about your fucking school they want to fucking see us. You know what I mean? So that being said, now they're going over Africa. Black players are probably want to go to Africa more than they want to go to China or Europe because guess what? Yeah, they're black. You know what I mean? Like a hockey player, I think they would want to go to Russia because guess what? Russia is the fucking, you know what I mean? All the best players, guess what? They're predominantly white. And the best or Canada. Well, yeah. Or Canada. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to make that comparison, you know what I mean? No, I got you. Hockey players, you know what I mean? Brazil. Like, you want to play with the best. You know what I mean? If you're Brazilian, like, I'm pretty sure they'd rather play down there than come play um, MLS. Not not only play with the best, but, like, I, I follow a lot of players like Jimmy Fredette or Stefan Marbury, these guys who went and played in China. 
people don't speak English over there. I mean, you do have people, but majority of them only speak Mandarin, and you you have no idea how to communicate with these people unless you're walking around with your translator the whole time. So I think people going to Africa would make more sense versus China, because now you have a lot more people that speak English because they do speak a lot of English over in Africa, South Africa. Well, yeah, no, definitely. I just think like you know the players that kind of came over here. You hear, you hear the stories, you know what I mean, when they have like half times talking about, there's a whole bunch of them. The thing is, if they have the opportunity to have the same salary cap over there in Africa, I don't see, I don't see them, you know, I don't see them coming over, bro. Like, you know, if they had like, remember like when they had um, NFL Europe? Yeah. You remember like how they had that? I think it's going to be like kind of like a system like that. Like, you know, I mean, just how you have the G League, you're going to have like the Africa, but I think the Africa League, they might have more players or better players at at that level over there, we don't know. That'd be crazy. What if they had like a G League NBA Africa like tourney? I just want their team names to be cool because you got all those badass animals over there. And then I I saw J. Cole play for a team called the Patriots. You should have a team called the fucking Lions and the Giraffes and the fucking Zebras, shit like that. Like, I think they would have, I'm just saying, I think they would have the dopest colorways and I would buy that gear. That's all I'm saying. All right, man. Fox announced that Manny Pacquiao and Earl Spence Jr. are going to get in the ring together. Manny Pacquiao has not boxed in over two years. Earl Spence now holds two belts. And uh, I'm just so excited to see this. Uh, Fish, you got anything to go off of this one, man? So Manny Pacquiao, Pac-Man, is a fan favorite. You know, he's been around for a long time. He's held... um, Pac-Man's one of my favorite fighters of all time. Absolutely. He's held champ- world championships across four decades, from the 90s all the way up into the 2020s. Um, man's been an actor, a singer. He's been a politician. You know, he's done it all. He's like 67, 7, and 2. So, he's fought, he, I mean, dude's fought a lot. Um, he's the oldest welterweight champ. He's defeated 22 world champions. But this is the longest layoff of his career. He's also in the Philippines Army, and he plans to make a run at president in the Philippines next year, but still wants to fight. Like, I respect it. The dude's just built different. He's you definitely like, going to win the presidency. <laughs> he has absolutely nothing to prove. Why he's doing it, I don't know. Only Manny Pacquiao can answer that. But, like, if if I was his age, you know, he's got a net worth of $375 million too. So, you know, I'd – I just, I'm shocked. Like he still wants to go. He's had the great trainer, um, Freddie Roach and is training him for the longest time and everything. And I don't know what he really thinks of it. He said, Manny plans on fighting maybe one or two more times after this, but the belts in August. So maybe he might fight McGregor at the end of the year. And then finally retire from sports. No, no, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that at all. It's all about the money. If Manny beats Earl, he needs to go on and fight Terrence Crawford because they actually just took the number one spot away from Terrence Crawford because he hasn't fought in a while. Um, and in order to hold that spot, the boxing administration came out and said, you have to actually fight. And because he turned down Earl, Earl's now going to fight Manny Pacquiao. So if Manny ends up winning, I think Terrence Crawford's going to have to come out and say, all right, now I'm ready to fight. Because the only reason Crawford turned down Earl is because he said he wasn't ready. He wasn't about that life. So, so I'm just excited to see what happens moving forward. I, I would love to see Manny get this dub, take both those belts, and then end up beating Crawford and taking that belt. 
So <laughs> what a what a perfect story. You know, you said he, he won in four different decades. Now he has a chance to possibly get three belts in the next year and then run for fucking president. Like, what? <laughs> Which is crazy. But, like, also, he's he's the underdog in this fight if he actually goes through with it. I mean, Spence, he hasn't fought in two years, so. Yeah, Spence right now is the favorite. And uh, Earl Spence is no joke, you know. He's the four uh, – Number four pound for pound fighter by ESPN. He's got uh, two out of the four major belts at 147 pounds and um, absolute monster. 27 and 0 with 21 KOs. So we'll see what happens. But I wish Manny the best. You really think Manny has a chance? The dude's 43 years old. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't count. You can never count Manny. Man, Manny's one of the best power punches in boxing. Mm-hmm. We talked we talked about power punching before. For for Manny, for his weight class that he boxed, he's one of the best power punches. Not get it, but forty three, bro. He's doing a lot. He's busy. Like like Bobby said, he's busy. I just I, saw I Tom like, Brady win a Super Bowl. This this man also played pro. <laughs> this man also played pro basketball in the Philippines Great. for like three years. He he does it all. He's a jack of all trades. So I, I've seen Manny sparring. He hasn't been in an actual boxing match in two years, but he's still sparring. He's still working out. That never stopped. Right. So I don't think ring rust is a thing for Manny because he's never walked away from it. Um, people, when they say ring rust, you know, it's people who haven't actually performed or done anything. This guy, he, he's been in the ring. He just hasn't had a fight on TV. So... In the last fight he did have, he won. So. <laughs> I mean, the last dude he fought, Thurman, was, like, undefeated. It was, like, 31-0, and then there was, like, a no contest. And he was an absolute animal. Right. Pac-Man, right. Pac-Man. It's just like fight night, bro. You get knocked out. <laughs> you guys proved something to me, because I didn't think he was really in shape. Because I remember he – I honestly thought his whole campaign for presidency already started. So, like, I remember that. I didn't – so when I heard his whole – he brought the fight again, I'm like – all right, save the country or fight for the... I don't know. But, yeah, I'm excited to see the fight either or. Like, I'm At this point, I think it just comes down to him just trying to keep doing something he loves. I don't think age comes down to it. Like I said, that's why I brought up Tom Brady earlier. You know, Tom Brady, he's old, but, you know, he still wants to perform doing what he's doing. Like, you, I, I like it's hard for me to see Brady never throw a football. And it's like I said, it's hard for me to never see Manny Pacquiao throw a punch. These are just guys I grew up watching like my whole lives. So um, I don't know, man, when it's all said and done, like you we were talking earlier about other people getting ready to retire, like Chris Paul, you know, he's the last guy from the 2005 class. LeBron's the last dude from the 2003 class. Pretty soon, all these great names we keep bringing up are going to be done. And we're going to be talking about other people. And it's just sad to think about. So I, as, as long as I can keep watching Manny do his thing and he's performing at a high level, Keep going, bro. I don't care. See, the the biggest thing, too, like, you look at guys like Floyd fighting Logan Paul and, like, having these exhibitions. Manny always fights the top talent. He never shies away from the top Exactly, team. bro. And I, I that's why I respect him so much. To me, he's one of the best boxers of our generation that we ever got to watch. Floyd's going to go down as the best boxer ever, but especially because he beat Manny twice. Even though I, I don't think I don't know this whole Logan Jake Paul fight. I don't even know which Paul brother he's fighting. Um, the older one. Which one's that one? Jake. Nah, Logan Paul. He's the one that he had the controversy a couple years ago because he was in the Japanese. Um, yeah, yeah, the forest. Suicide Forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was when I first learned about that dude. 
Yeah. Fucking That's... idiot. Mm-hmm. I don't know why anybody would ever visit that. I want to go to Japan, but I ain't trying to go nowhere near that. What's wrong with you, bro? Yeah, so I saw the documentary itself, bro. It's actually creepy, like... I, I, wa- I watched it. I, I've seen a lot of stuff on that forest, and I'm not going anywhere near that place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's the end of the topics. You guys got anything to add? I got to say my final thought this week. Going to the Red Sox tomorrow. Going to Fenway, hoping the weather, you know, hoping it holds up. It's supposed to rain. Got great seats. They're playing the Miami Marlins. Uh, can't wait for it. It's going it to be a good game. game. Enjoy that dub, man. Now that we got fans getting back in the arena, and that's my final thought. Fans, smarten the fuck up. Don't be idiots. I want to see you go to jail, but don't piss off the players. (laughs) Until next time, guys. Peace. Peace.